I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. We're here talking with Michael Fisher, who has decades of experience in retail and visual merchandising at Bloomingdale's, uh, helped to create the Apple Store, uh, launched Coach in Japan, uh, has been at JCPenney and a variety of other retailers. So what are department stores for going forward? I don't know. <laughs> Do you think they'll... <laughs> that's, that's scary. Are, are we going to have department stores in 30 years? See, I think that... I was thinking about this, too, and it's really difficult to upsell something. It's easy to take a big brand and discount it, but it's hard to take a, a great brand that's discounted already and not discount it anymore. And the problem is department stores have been turned into one big discount warehouse. Yeah. And I think until somebody at the top decides that they want to bring the entertainment back into the department store, it's going to be a long journey. Plus, I think consumers really today, you know, people are lazy. Let's face it. That's why Amazon exists, is people don't want to walk anymore. They want that package to arrive to their house. They try it on. If they don't like it, they shove it back in the box, and then Amazon picks it up. So I think that now it's just too hard for the consumer to go into a department store and figure out what's going on. It's funny because you say, you know, people are lazy. They don't want to They don't want to have to walk to the store. They want to receive things and send them back. One of the, the most important things you did in your career was the launch of the Apple Store. And this was a move in the opposite direction, a high-tech company basically deciding to make a big investment in brick-and-mortar retail. So why was that such a success, and what are the circumstances in which you want to move toward brick-and-mortar rather than away from it? You have to remember it was 16 years ago. Okay, so what, how, how, how did it work shopping 16 years was, ago? Shopping was different. Yeah. People weren't so accustomed to being on the Internet. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember when I first started shopping on the Internet, but it certainly wasn't when I first started at Apple. And Apple, if the stores hadn't opened, Apple would be out of business. Interesting. Because it's all about getting the product in front of people. What do you think brick and mortar is going to be used for if the you know people are looking for these experiences where they can request something and have it delivered to them? What are the use cases for, for brick and mortar going forward? So I thought there was an interesting piece on – I think it was on 60 Minutes about this Spanish guy who bought up all these D-level malls. Like I don't even know where. And he turned them into like Hispanic mall centers. And they were entertaining. Like you would go in and they would have regional food. And they would have mariachi bands, and they would have items that were unique to that community. And I think that if I were a retailer, I would try to entertain the consumer somehow, like get them interested to come in. Um, and it's not going to be by price point. It's got to be experience. Yeah, you can slash things. It's, there is a brand called the 99 cent store, you know. What do you mean when you say the department store needs to bring entertainment back? I think that it needs to bring spaces back that are communal. So there needs to be areas that you could have, like, I don't know, a step class, or you could have a marching band, things that would facilitate the idea of community. Uh, now in a department store, it's so packed with racks that there's no open space to do anything, let alone shop. You'd have the stores do this? Yes. You'd have them have yeah. step classes? Yeah. So stores need programming. Totally. A department store needs to be programmed. We had a program director at JCPenney. There was a person who the, that was their responsibility. 
to program the events within the store because it made people want to come back. When I think about department stores that are destinations that people go because it, it's an interesting act in itself, I think of things like Harrods in London and Kadeve in Berlin. Is that something that, that they, needs to be taken out of just a handful of these flagships in giant world cities? Yes, it needs to be everywhere. I mean, that's why Bloomingdale's was so unique back in the 80s, because when we had, like, the French promotion, it was in every Bloomingdale's. It was in the Bloomingdale's in Chicago. It was in the Bloomingdale's in Florida. You had product um, and, like, yeah. decoration. Yeah, and, like, and the, unique products that were only in, you know, from Paris or wherever in France. I remember the opening of the Falls store. Maybe it wasn't one of them. And Diane von Furstenberg came into the store on the back of an elephant. Oh, like, hell yes. Yeah. And I remember doing a fashion show for Karl Lagerfeld at the Falls store. I mean, we used to have full-on fashion shows. So the question is, do retail and fashion talk about this? Because they're kind of two separate industries that constantly work together. But it seems like fashion could use this help too, right? Like, you know. The Anna Winter with- tried to do it with that fashion night out, remember? Ah, yes. And it was sort of a failure because it was just a shopping night. But if they had had, like, say she had decided to pick a store, Bloomingdale's, and said, Michael Kors is going to do his fashion show in B-Way at Bloomingdale's on 59th Street, it would have been a whole different animal. I mean, a lot of these concepts sound expensive and sound like the sort of things you would do if you're in a store that sells at high price points and can afford to have the sort of budget around it. What does entertainment look like in the mid-range? Is this a strategy that should apply to just to high-end retailers, or is it a strategy? No, I mean, it's a strategy that should apply to retail, period. You know, it, it should be everybody. It should not be price prohibitive. You know, years ago, when you would go into a store that was like a luxury store, it was Bloomingdale's. And because the experience was more egalitarian, like everyone was welcome, you didn't feel weird about going in there and touching like the La Croix dress. But what's happened in that world now is that they've sort of put such a barrier up. You don't even want to go into the Gucci store. Like, you're afraid to go in there. It's like you're going to be like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Yeah. like yeah. How did that happen? I don't know. It just became bad. Like, it's bad that you're afraid. Like, they've made it so untouchable that that's why I think department stores will always be important because they have the ability to show that consumer who is a person who doesn't have a lot of money, who wants to just see what it's like to feel and touch that stuff. You were able to do that in a department store. And now that person it just doesn't exist. Like, you won't do it. Are brands losing money because they're creating an, ex- an excessive sense of exclusivity that people who would, in fact, be able to buy the product feel like they're not supposed to? You know, I, I don't know because I'm not one of those brands, so I don't know if they're losing money or making money. And now, today, you can buy it all on the Internet. So I think people are more – it's an easier buying experience because you don't have to go in the store. But I think it would be nice for those stores to be a little bit more friendly. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 